What's going down, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Complicates Podcast. Well, the countdown begins to that one holiday where you spend some time with the family that you love and a couple fan members that you don't love so much. Thanksgiving is upon us, and the countdown begins to restuff our fat faces. But before then, we're going to collide the worlds of sports and comics. Over on Sports Side this week, we have NFL Week 11 to preview. The EPL is back this weekend, and the NBA draft just happened. We'll get into a little bit of that. And unfortunately for you Warrior fans, uh, Clay Thompson, yeah, again. And over on the comic side, we preview more books that have come out yesterday, books that we loved to read last week, and a bunch of news, including a new 007 video game, Wonder Woman, coming out this december and during christmas time and the mandalorian me and sean recap the first three episodes all that more on a brand spanking new episode of the comic bookies podcast enjoy let's go that's right gentlemen gobble 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 happy early thanksgiving to you guys uh you know we're taking next week off to celebrate the holiday but we're here for you fans sean mark what's happening guys what's up brother happy to be back with you guys man everything is good nice thursday evening as you said thanksgiving is upon us guys we're not going to be on next week but happy early thanksgiving to everybody don't gain too many pounds but definitely enjoy yourself with some football and turkey one of our favorite holidays mark mike what's going on guys Yo, yo, what's up, man? We're back. Another episode back in the saddle. Here we go again. Unfortunately, the uh, nightlife in California isn't going to be back due to more more lockdowns and whatever you want to call them curfews. But nonetheless, that's just more time for all you uh, lockdown fans to just listen to another episode of the Comic Bookies podcast, man. What's up, brothers? Dude, that's, you know, I couldn't said it. I couldn't have said it better myself, you know, just sit back, you know, you, you got to be in by 10 o'clock, you know, so why not spend the next hour and a half of your evening listening to us? But we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Go check out Alex and the guys over there yesterday, new comic book day. Go get your pull list together. Go get your books. I mean, shoot, we have a little bit to talk about DC later, but get your DC books while you can. Like Mike said, I mean curfew 10 p.m just stay in your house listen to the comic bookies but then again guys let's be honest what are we really doing at 10 p.m anyways i mean we got a curfew but what the hell are we going to be doing anyways there aren't no clubs open there aren't no bars open we can't really go dine in so i mean this curfew to me is kind of uh, maybe politically correct for certain people but i don't even get i don't even get the point of it to be honest Calm your engaged ass down, Sean. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Hey, engaged or not, I'm not really doing. Any, I'm not doing anything no different than you guys, though. From the standpoint of going out, though, maybe going to like my parents' house, going to Rissa's family's house. But in terms of, like going out, out. When's the last time really any of us have done that? Like after 10 p.m. Shoot, after 10 yeah, p.m. I, I can't remember the last time I went out. I mean, I think we went out to an outdoor seating one time since March, and it was just like three weeks ago. So we we haven't been doing anything. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all over, we're all a little bit older, but I'm sure you got those kids that are in their early 20s, mid 20s. I just wish they could be you know chasing some tail around and with everything closed because I mean, you said Sean that the clubs and whatnot aren't open. And I'm pretty sure that they're not, but I I think there would have been some bars and there's still some bars out here in the Bay Area that are open with outside seating and whatnot where you can still kind of mingle and, 
you know, but now just with the lot with the uh, curfew, I guess, from 10 p.m. to 5 a.m. in the morning, you're not going to be able to, which uh, I mean, I don't know what Governor Gavin Gruesome is doing, but it just makes no sense to me. I mean, I've talked to so many of my friends that are even, you know, that are, you know, kind of politically more on on the left side. And they've even said, like, man, whatever he's doing, that kind of makes no sense. It's no it's just like. What the, if I go to the liquor store at 9.55, does it really make a difference if I go at 10.05? I mean, is yeah. the damn virus going to attack me a little bit better? The freaks come out at that's, night. That's when the freaks come out. Bro. <laughs> well, the virus comes sh- out at night. Well, although, Sean, you did tell us earlier today that there are a handful of things you can do past 10 o'clock. You know, like the really, really important things. Well, you know what? We have to focus on the important things, guys. We are going to have a curfew. But if there's something you need to specifically do in this list between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m., you can walk your dog. You can go pick up your takeout and you can go pick up your groceries because that's totally what people do after 5 p.m. or 10 p.m. before 5 a.m. I mean, essentials, right? Yeah, but unfortunately, that curfew lasts for what, at least three, four weeks into the beginning of December. The 21st of December. Oh, God. So so longer than that, about a month. And um, it's for all of the New Year's. I know, but it's for I all mean, those people, it's for all those counties who are in the purple right now, and unfortunately, the purple counties right now make up like ninety percent of the population of California. So that uh, that's for pretty much all of for like everyone. Stay your ass. Well, inside. on a brighter that's note, people have more than enough time to listen to our podcasts. Hell yeah! So definitely sit your ass down, relax a little bit, crack a beer just like us, and enjoy the show. But but do you guys see the the lockdown? I keep calling it a lockdown. Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, sorry, not unfortunately, but fortunately, it's not a complete lockdown. But the curfew, do you guys actually see this damn curfew in California being lifted by New Year's? Because I feel people are going to go ballistic if they can't party on New Year's. Jesus. I mean, yeah, it's going to it's going to come to a point where people, you know, like don't care, you know, that. They're going to have the mentality of I have been doing little to nothing since March, and so I'm going to go see my family, and I'm going to go do whatever the hell I want for Thanksgiving, and then we'll see an even you know, higher number of cases. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want for Christmas, and then here you go again for New Year's, so it's just going to be a vicious cycle. That's what my prediction is, and you know, the beginning of 2020 is just going to be as ugly as the last you know nine months of this year, so I don't know. It's going to suck. Let us know, comic bookie fans. Let us know what your state is up to. Let us know even your country. How's it going down in your country? We know we got some fans worldwide now, thanks to uh, our stats that we get from our uh, from our hosting sites. So we appreciate that. How's your country doing? How's your state doing? Let comic bookie host uh, Sean, Mark, and uh, Mike know. Yep. So uh, let's get go from coronavirus to the court. Let's go into the NBA draft was yesterday. And uh, I think I can speak, you know, OK, so this podcast is PG-13 for the most part. You know, sometimes we slip up. Sometimes we have some guests who, you know, can curse a few times. But I think I speak for you, Mark, you, Sean, and for all of our Warrior fans out there when I say, excuse my French, but fuck, man, Clay again. Like this is uh, again. Like he, I, I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, oh, Clay Thompson hasn't played in like 500 and something consecutive days. We can't wait for this season to start. And then everyone comments, uh, yeah, this tweet didn't age well. So damn, dude, he's out again. This is just not a good day, especially with the draft. You know, everyone's getting excited. You know, who are they gonna get? They're just gonna reload and go for another championship, and then boom, 
there it is. 2020 happens to us again. So I think we have the opening that we each get an F-bomb this episode. So I'm going to definitely go with just the fuck you 2020 because, like, you know, Mike just said, man, uh, it's not just he's physically out. Now he's just mentally out right now. Just imagine a guy, like, in the prime of his career coming off pretty much the dynasty of the Warriors, expecting to come back. We have a high draft pick. He's going to be a part of that. Yes, we drafted Wiseman. We drafted Ubre. We'll probably talk about a little bit of that later, which were great picks. They'll help a little bit. They'll be a good Band-Aid. You just can't replace the Clay Thompson. and I, it, It's just somber. You can't help but just feel bad. It, it's funny because I think when you see all these tweets being posted from different players, you just see how much he's liked, man. Like, that's not just like, oh, they just feel bad or they're just trying to kiss ass. Like, it's kind of like just that fraternity, man. Like, all those guys innocently are like, damn, like, this guy's a well-liked player, not just in the Warriors organization, but just across the NBA. Any team would take Clay in a heartbeat. It's Clay Thompson. So you just feel terrible, man. It, it's, it sucks. It definitely sucks. How could you not like him? I mean, in all honesty, he's one of the good guys in the NBA. He just, I mean, mm-hmm. he, 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 just, he, he kind of defies my favorite athlete in a generation where these athletes just kind of, uh, you know, these days they kind of seem to bicker and cry. At, I mean, I, I see Clay do it. I can't say that he doesn't, but I see him kind of get off at the reps once in a while. But, I mean, he usually just keeps his head down, plays the game and everything. But, Sean, let me ask you a question about, about his contract. Uh, do you know what his contract is remaining? Is it like a year or two, or did they did they redo it? Did they redo it? Yeah, they, gave they him, did I redo think they it. They gave him the big contract. I think it was uh, he's a lifer pretty ACL. much or, or yeah it was I think like the the big contract after he tore his ACL was kind of like the contract year type of thing but it's kind of like the loyalty thing where we're gonna stand by your side and I think this year he's on the hook for I think between 24 and 27 million some along the lines of that so I mean are we pursuing think, the luxury tax so it's I think the Warriors you know. can I think the Warriors can kind of opt into some type of um, disabled player settlement type thing. Yes. Where, yeah. It's like I nine million. Huh? It's like nine million. They get like these certain, you know, you know, kind of kickbacks, and so, so they they're can, they're so they're gonna get millions of dollars to get towards, you know, to go get some really good role players. Like Kelly Oubre. We'll touch on that in a bit, but. I see here, Clay Thompson, by the time he gets back on the court, I mean, he's pretty much going to be almost 32 years old, guys, with a, with a, with 30 years old. His birthday's coming up in February, so he's about to be 31, not playing. So he's almost going to be 32 by the time that he plays. I mean, 32 years old, we see LeBron, we see Ronaldo, we see a lot of athletes that are kind of in their, you know, that, that past their prime, I guess, in quotation marks, but... I was gonna ask. I was gonna actually ask you guys. That's why I asked about the contract. If you can kind of see like LeBron trying to swindle him to go to his dad's team down there in L.A. But now with this contract, I doubt that it's gonna happen. Obviously, but I could have seen something like that trying to happen. Like, hey, you're hurt. You play like go play one year or two with the Warriors again. Come play for La- the Lakers, you know. But I, I mean, at 32 years old, I'd still like to believe that Clay is still gonna be able to you know get down but you're starting to get in the latter stages of your career at that point guys i think it's going to be hard for him to be the player that we uh once seen i'm not trying to you know be negative but just two season ending injuries especially in achilles 
they were talking to a professional, and they said by the time he gets back to actually playing his first game from the most recent game that he played versus Toronto when he tore his ACL, it's going to be about 28 months. So it's going to be actually over two years before playing a live NBA game. And I just think his skill set will actually it'll, it'll keep him relevant and effective. He's, he's a shooter. That's what he does. I think the biggest thing that's going to hurt him is his injury, uh, his defense. He might not be the two-way player we once had. But if he's smart, just stick with the Warriors. We've been by his side. Obviously, we're going to stick by his side. Obviously, you know, we kind of got to deal with basically life without Clay for a second season. But, I mean, I think Mike and Mark, you guys would agree that, you know, to a degree, the show must go on. You know, yeah. it, it sucks, but... And then he's a, he he catches and shoots like so much too, so if he can stick to that on the offensive side, Sean, you're right about the two way player. His defense is going to decline a little bit, but as far as the offensive is concerned, he doesn't drive to the hoop too much. You know, there was that one game where he took what like 11 dribbles total, and then he had like just a just a shit ton of points. So it's it's gonna suck. And but Mark, like he what you were saying, rec- I mean, but, go ahead. But, but like what you were saying, like I just love the way he. I just love him as a player, too, because he has put to rest so many rumors about going to the Lakers year in and year out. I mean, they were interviewing about that shit, you know, after they won the championship in Cleveland. You know, they're interviewing him. They're interviewing his dad. You know, oh, you know, we'll see in the offseason and year in and year out. It's just like, no, I'm here. No, I'm here. So I love his consistency. I love his loyalty to the team and to the franchise and to the, you know, to the Bay Area, you know. I'm sorry, but fans, if you're not a loyal basketball fan or an aficionado like Sean is and personally I mean me and Mike we you know we like it we don't love it but just go ahead and do me a favor and go and watch go YouTube Clay Thompson's 37 point quarter I mean that's a spectacle in itself holding the record for the most points scored in a quarter don't know if I mean records are made to be broken but I mean 37 points in a quarter I remember watching that game against the Kings and it was every time that he every time any player got the ball where's Clay where's Clay Curry wasn't even doing anything he was just dribbling it up passing it to Clay and I mean the the rim had a magnet to that ball it was just an unbelievable quarter but like you guys said this guy is is awesome on and off the court. I mean, the the cards he's been dealt with since, you know, losing this finals to the Toronto Raptors has just been horrid. And I mean, it couldn't this bad stuff, bad luck couldn't be happening to a better guy. I mean, how lucky have the Warriors been in their organization, not just to to, you know, not just to draft talent. You know, you know, they are able to draft like quality down to earth guys that you want to be the face of their franchise. You know, Draymond, he's got a little bit of a louder mouth, but when <laughs> it comes say, to Draymond's <laughs> not really down to earth. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when it comes to Clay and Curry, I mean, they, they win the championship in 2015. Clay, Draymond, everybody. Right. They're all down in San Francisco. My buddy. We all know Johnny. Shout out Johnny. He's over there. He's partying with all the Warriors players at a couple clubs at the, at the club down there in San Francisco. And, you know, he, he tells me, he's like, you know who's not there, bro? That boy Curry. Come on. You know he's a family man. He ain't partying. Curry goes home to Waisha and Riley after 2015 finals. You know what I mean? But we'll see, dude. Sean, what do you think about Ubre, bro? You got the scoop on Ubre. You like it. I think I don't know if the trade is officially finalized as we're recording this on Wednesday night, Pacific Standard Time at what, 10 o'clock p.m.? But, Sean, let us know what, what your thoughts are on Ubre, brother. 
Uh, we gave up a 2021 protected first round pick. So it's projected, I think, to be a top 20 overall pick. But then again, it's an NBA draft pick. There's only two rounds. You can always find someone who can play basketball. Oubre, he's that guy. I really, really like him. I'm not saying he's a superstar, but I think he he's right at almost that star potential. 25 years old. He averages about 19, 20 points a game. And I think he's going to fit the role that Clay would be doing, to be quite honest. I think people are like, okay, so you're saying you think he's good or better than Clay? Not at all. But I think the skill set that he brings, he's going to be just as effective. The thing that obviously he lacks is the shooting that Clay has. I mean, Clay, people got to remember, Clay's arguably a top five, top seven shooter all time. So I think the standard is a little bit, you know, a little high. But I think Ubre is going to fit in just well. He's like six seven. He can play the forward position, the small, uh, the shooting guard position. You still got Wiggins. So you're looking at your starting five: Clay, or sorry, Steph, Wiggins, Ubre, Dre, and now Wiseman. I mean, that's a good starting five. And I think if we have a good, reliable bench, maybe add another uh, tool, we can make a run in the West. I really think that. Obviously, yesterday, we were like, damn, our season's done. We don't got Clay, But the minute we got Oubre, yes, Oubre, one player in itself, makes that big an impact in NBA lineup. And I think he's going to fit in just right with us. So, Sean, let's go to the NBA draft. Um, how would you rank as far as what you see potentially in the next, you know, maybe like the rookie contracts, the first three, four, five years, and the first three picks? Uh, Minnesota's pick, Golden State Warriors with, with Wiseman, and then LaMelo going to Charlotte. Like, How would you rank those picks? I think the biggest risk pick is the number one overall pick. Uh, I think Edwards is a good basketball player. He's a bully ball player. He's maybe what the Timberwolves need. I just don't know how good he's really going to be. Like, Just seeing the, the highlights of him playing defense, shooting isn't exactly there. A little questionable. Number two overall pick was Wiseman from the Warriors. I think he's actually the safest pick and probably the most potential when you kind of look at him. His player comparisons are Chris Bosh, Anthony Davis. I mean, you got a seven-foot guy who's like 215, 220 pounds. You can shoot, dribble, block, who can run, you know, one side to the other side of the court with the team. Hey, man, I'll take that any day of the week. LaMelo, I think, obviously has, I think, the kind of just star potential. You know, he's the one with the ball, you know, big baller brand. You know, he can shoot. He's going to a team where he's going to be starting, I think, at the one or the two. He's going to have the ball in his hand. He's going to shoot away. So I think maybe the potential for a superstar might be him. But I think the safest pick, and I think the, just the sure, he, he's going to be a good NBA player. He's going to be Wiseman. I love Wiseman. Not biases. I'm a Warrior fan. But, I mean, Wiseman, he's the truth. You guys play fantasy. You guys got a little bit of GM in you, I'd say, you know, but I got a question for you guys. Okay, so Ubre, would you say that would you say that the GMs of the Warriors um sorry, what's his name? It's skipping a blank right now. Bob Myers. Myers. Is Bob Myers, does he is this something obviously, you know, he's not going to make something on the fly. This is obviously a player that he's actually had, you know, in his brain, in his mind, obviously. And I mean, I would say that this injury to Clay is the reason why they're trying to get Ubre this quick. Am I wrong or right? Would you guys be with me on that one or no? 
Well, I've seen a couple of tweets that they're actually looking at him. He was the guy they wanted. Rather, he was going to be the sixth man off the bench or try to find a way to get him in the starting lineup. Maybe that leads to trading Wiggins or something. But he was the top target that the Warriors wanted, Clay or no Clay. But, so you, exactly, okay. but you, you just said it. I think Clay's injury is why, hey, we got to do it now. We have to get this guy now. So, so they were, so they did think about him before. Now the question, mm-hmm. now, so the question I'm really posing to you guys now: Do you guys think that some of these opinions from these players are strictly based on ownership slash GM opinions and decisions on their own, or do you think that? I mean, obviously we know in LA who runs the show, but do you think even for a team, say? The Warriors or um, maybe even like a Boston or or maybe even what's going down in Miami right now. Would you say that uh, that the players actually have a say? Do you think Bob Myers comes to Curry and say, hey, Curry, um, so there's a couple of players we're looking at, thinking about doing some trades. Like, who do you like playing with? You you see the league. You play against these guys. Who's a player that you think would fit good in your system? You know, obviously, Curry being the superstar of the Warriors. Do you guys think that these GMs actually come to, you know, come to come to talks with their, their current players and their current superstars of their teams before making a wise men decision on who they're going to draft? Yeah, I think that to a degree they talk to the players, but I don't think it's more of a, hey, who do you think we should go You maybe uh, inquire about? I think it's more of you approach them with, hey, I'm interested in this player. This is maybe what I think he could bring to the team. You know, what do you think? I don't think you really go to a player and say, hey, Curry, who do you want to play with? Who do you want us to call? I think you got to kind of still establish your superiority you're still the gm you're still the kind of the brains of the team but you kind of come to them to get their opinions on players that you feel i think it's definitely go to them but just a little bit different approach i don't know but there's a couple players where i think that they go above and beyond like they might talk to the gm but like lebron he you know he's his own gm he's the exception <laughs> i think i think even durant is a little bit of an exception too i think he you know because What's his name? We just saw James Harden decline $50 million a year and say, hey, I'm going to go play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over in Brooklyn. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, guy. Thanks for putting another black eye on the sport of the NBA when everyone else isn't watching because there's like, what, um, three teams that can probably win the championship at the beginning of the season. Everyone is zero and zero. And you already know that only three or four teams realistically can have a chance to win the championship. It's, I don't know. I mean, unfortunately the war, I mean, the Warriors even they're still a playoff team to me. If everyone's healthy besides Clay, they're a playoff team. You know, with Ubre, they're like a fifth seed. Maybe if they get, you know, if they get MVP Steph back, they may fight for uh, I don't know if, if they'll win the division, but they, but they can definitely battle for a four or five spot. Um, but man, like unfortunately, with Ubre, with Ubre, I think they got a good chance. I mean, Sean's right. I've seen them play before in Washington with uh, uh, with Beal and all them. And, you know, I've seen what he can do. And I think that coaching has a lot to do with it. And coming here with Steve Kerr and the organization over here, you know, at the Chase Center that, that, that uh, you know, I think that he's going to be a good, a really good fit with Wiggins and everybody, and I think he'll fit the culture real well. But do you honestly, th- you honestly think that they can realistically beat the Lakers right now in a seven-game series? I don't think uh, so. They're not, they're not a super team anymore. I'm sorry, they're especially they're not. But we're going to need wait, Mike. You just said it. We need 
MVP uh, staff, MVP staff, and you need you need everyone to play to their potential. If everyone mm-hmm. plays to their potential, I think it's actually going to come down to how is Wiseman going to turn out because Wiseman is going to be that guy playing against the Anthony Davises, maybe in some sets defending LeBron. Because I mean, he's young, but he has a skill. He has a superstar skill set. He really does. So if he can turn out being that steal at number two, it's a weird, a steal at number two, but he's just a man among boys where he can just make a great impact off top. I mean, you still got Dre, who's locked down, Ubre, who's a, no, he's a star in the making, a great player. And what you just said, MVP Steph, chances are, you know, we're asking for a lot. We can't just like, oh, it's going to be great, but we'll see. We'll see. And that's what happens when you miss out on March Madness, man, as it was canceled due to I the know. coronavirus. To the coronavirus, I mean, you really learn a lot of these players' names. I mean, I see a couple here other than the top three that you guys mentioned, respectively, Edwards, Wiseman, and Ball out of Georgia, Memphis, and the Chino Hills High School. Uh, (laughs) I would say that, I mean, going down here, really, I mean, I don't really recognize a lot of these names until we get down here to, to Boston, who got Peyton Pritchard out of Oregon. I mean, he's a pretty – I saw him play a lot coming out of Pac-12 country here on the West Coast where we reside. The guy, I mean, he's a little baller, so I can see where, you know, obviously he's a good little backup player for uh, for Boston to have. And then going down to the very next pick in 27th that they got from Kansas is your boy, not Kalena, but Oduka Azubuki out of Kansas, the center. That guy, I mean, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be – a pretty good little bench player slash future starter for Utah, which is, uh, you know, uh, which which was pretty fun to actually watch in the bubble down in Orlando this year as they took on a uh, uh, Denver Denver Nuggets down yes. to the wire. It's it's definitely going to feel good to get this this new draft class in with their teams and hopefully that we're going to see a lot of traveling this year and you know everyone plays at their home stadium or arena I'm sorry but uh, you know unfortunately probably not a lot of fans if any but it's going to be it's going to be good to actually get a full 82 game season in hopefully you know praise Jesus praise little uh, you know turkey on Thanksgiving <laughs> but um yeah let's Did go they into say the it was 72 games Oh, does it go down? 72 this year. So I 72 think it's games 72. Starting in January, yeah. So, so that's good. Um, so let's get into the NFL Week 11. So, um, today, right now, we're recording at approximately 10:15 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So the Cardinals and the Seahawks have already played their game. Uh, arguably the best defensive performance by the Seattle Seahawks this year so far. Uh, they win 28-21. They cover the three three and a half point spread. Um, what else do you guys want to talk about as far as the NFL this week? What games are interesting to you? And yeah, so what do you guys want to get into? What, how about them damn Raiders? How about them? How about them Miami Dolphins? Hey, both teams six Miami. and three. Dude. If it was if it wasn't 2020, I wouldn't know what to say. You got the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns six and three, man. You got the Miami Dolphins and you got the Oakland Raiders at six and three. And how crazy is it that you got your NFC Super Bowl uh, appearance, uh, NFC champions still in last place in the NFC West. Jesus, 2020. Dude, what else Pat- are you going to give us? The Patriots are under 500 after nine games. They're four and five. Like, dude, this is so 2020. I think the only thing that's not 2020 is Tom Brady still winning. 
Uh, <laughs> oh God. Uh. No, see, that's no, no, that is 2020 because that's the curse, the that continued the curse, curse of non-Tom Brady fans, you know. But uh, shoot, let's go to some of these games real quick. I, I definitely want to hit, uh, like you mentioned, Mark, the Dolphins. Um, it's probably going to be one of my more confident, you know, games this week. But this is a this is a weird game because the Broncos haven't been playing very well. They had five turnovers last week in Las Vegas. Uh, the Dolphins have been playing really well. I believe they're on a five game winning streak. Um, and I don't know. It looks like it's around 52 degrees might be in into the high 40s as far as the weather's concerned. So they're out of the humidity, out of the heat. How do you think this game is going to play out? I still roll with that defense travels motto, and there's a reason why they have that five-game winning streak. I just don't know what Tua is going to do against that Denver defense in mile high, thin air, cold weather. I think Tua's first you know, NFL reality is going to set in. I actually think the Broncos might not just cover but win this football game, as oh, weird as that sounds. You're stealing my pick. You're stealing my pick. <laughs> I don't want to steal your pick, bro, but I think this is one of those the quarterback kind of drives the engine on it and I think Tua is going to have a little bit of a uh, little bit of those little uh, nightmares, not just a hey, you know, NFL's not that bad. This is it, 3 you know. <laughs> Let's go. I think Denver's going to definitely surprise him this week. That's crazy that you guys actually think that. I'm thinking the exact same thing. I mean, when you really think about it, can Denver, can Mr. Locke really play? <laughs> I, I was texting you guys last week. I mean, I hope Drew got a got a pretty good, uh, but I got a pretty good uh, degree over there at Columbia University over there in Missouri because I don't know how much more he's gonna be able to be. He's seeing ghosts out there, but hey. I don't know if Denver can play a much worse game that they played last week. And all I'm hearing is uh, all I'm hearing is, you know, Denver, this Denver, that uh, um, the, the coach, this I, I'm drawing a blank again. Um, Fangio, the yeah. Fangio, the Niners, the old defensive coordinator. But I mean, I'm totally with you guys. I mean, at three and a half points here, the the Dolphins have been rolling, man. They've been just absolutely rolling. You know, what goes up must come down. And what's been horrible there. I mean, the Denver Broncos are just a beat up junkyard dog. And you guys know what? I'm not just going to take them with the points this week. I'm going to take them on the Lunny line. Give them that plus 160 this week, TCB fans, baby. Nice. Um, so how do you guys think that the Rams, and I know I'm kind of skipping to Monday Night Football, but are the Rams going to have another episode where they travel east to Florida in the hot humidity uh, against um, another team like Tom Brady in the, in the Buccaneers? Are they going to have, you know, deja vu like they did, you know, you know, compared to what they had uh, um, against the Dolphins a few weeks ago? Well, I'm happy you traveled these because that's actually the game that I want to kind of give my pick on. And I think what you just said is going to happen. I ain't the Rams. I don't worry about too much, but Garrett, Jared Goff, I always worry about. And going into Tampa, I don't even think it's going to be a Tom Brady, we need you to dominate type of game. I think Jared Goff's going to do what he does in these kind of games, and he's probably going to lose the game. Uh, it's only a four-point spread, and I can see the Buccaneers easily covering that spread. I'm going to definitely go Bucks. Yeah, I can definitely see the Bucks covering that one also, Sean. We're kind of in agreement this week. I just think that the Rams uh, getting out of those confines in Los Angeles, I think that Tampa Bay, you know, Monday night, like you said, Mike, just uh, under the lights, prime time. It's just where Brady's going to shine. And although I'd like to see this number a little bit more at a 
at three, a field goal instead of the four. I, I'd obviously see want to see how this how the weekend's going to transpire, but mm-hmm. I, I'd be with you also on the Bucks, Sean. Another game I'm kind of looking at this week as well, guys, is the um is the Houston Texans, man. They're going to be at home and they're going to be facing your New England Patriots. And I just think that this might be a game that the Texans are kind of, you know, poised to win. They're two point dogs at home. And with New England going into the dome, kind of, you know, you really don't know where their mindset really is. Are they are they losing for Lawrence at this point? Are they not? Uh, I'd like to think that with Bill Belichick, he's got a kind of he's got he's kind of got something going down his hoodie or up his hoodie, up his sleeve or whatnot. But I mean, what do you guys think? I think that Houston, I mean, this Houston team, you give this is not what they were expecting. Right. When you give Deshaun Watson this contract, when you give Deshaun Watson, I mean, what was it, four or five years, a hundred and. How much was it? Like forty million, I think. It's too much. How much of his how much of his success was, you know, kind of because maybe Deshaun Watson or not Deshaun Watson, sorry, um Hopkins. um Hopkins that got traded to Arizona. How much of his success was actually due to Hopkins being well, yeah, there, you know? That, just, that and they're banking on him being a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, you know, type quarterback, and he's not panning out to be that. Granted, he got hurt also, but you know, he's just not playing that well. And you know what? It sucks because you're right. He's He has lost weapons. Who's his best receiver? Fuller, you know? That's always hurt as well. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so he's got limited weapons too. And the defense isn't, it isn't what they used to be as well. So I'm not really sure I about can, this team. I'm not really I sure about this team. I can kind of see him trying to pull one out here, you know, especially I, I think that a lot of these teams still look at the Patriots as like these damn mother effers. They've been beating us up for years. You know, they don't got Brady no more. They're not the same team. But I'm, I know out there there's a bunch of teams, including our beloved Raiders. that just want to pound New England, which, of course, they weren't able to do. They can beat Kansas City, but somehow they can't beat uh, New England this year. <laughs> Well, I actually uh, agree with you completely, Mark. I think Houston can, and I think they will get a win this week. It's one of those interesting teams. I think Deshaun Watson is actually a really good quarterback. But that team, you know, they're really aging on their defense. Uh, Mike alluded to it. They're just not as good as they used to be. Like, J.J. Watt's just a name now. He's still good and effective, but he's not the player he used to be. And offensively, who do they have? David Johnson. He's a bum. Duke Johnson, he's not that good. Will Fuller actually is the only bright spot they have this season. He hasn't missed a game yet. <laughs> yet, Wow. But, I mean, you know, you got to look at this team, and it's just like they play a lot of catch-up, and that's why I think Deshaun's stats look so good right now. But, you know, they have so many points defensively, and just the team as a whole. They have, like, no first-round pick for, like, the next two years. They keep wasting draft picks. I think O'Brien, while he was a coach, is kind of just – through that team and just a dumpster. I mean, trading DeAndre Hopkins, what the hell were you thinking? That If you ever want to know what this team's about, they traded DeAndre Hopkins. That's all you got to know. Why would you – for David Johnson? Really? <laughs> for David Johnson? Yeah. Okay. That's all yeah. you have to do. That's. I mean, that's why I think – I'm going to go opposite you guys. That's why I think the Patriots are less of a lost team right now than the Houston Texans. I think the Patriots go in there 
you know, they're only one and three on the road, but I think they go in there and they cover those two points. Um, but what do you guys, I mean, there's other, there's, there's three other games that, you know, maybe we don't need to highlight, but some good storylines, you know, is Jameis Winston going to cover four points at home against the Falcons while, you know, Drew Brees nurses his broken ribs. Are the Steelers going to stay undefeated as they go into the unfriendly confines of Jacksonville, Florida and two, six and three division foe or not division foes, but AFC foes, uh, Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be a really good game. So, I mean, there's tons of, of good games. Unfortunately, I'll be missing most of them because I'll be traveling that day. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of good games this weekend. Tennessee Titans and Baltimore Ravens. I know we're not going to be doing a podcast next week, Mike, but I think on uh, on what is it? Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, it's Baltimore playing again. Mm-hmm. What Pittsburgh. do you think, though? So Pittsburgh is basically on their bye this week is what I see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't sleep, though, man. They're going they to the good old uh, Jacksonville where they got to deal with all that humidity. Hey, I've seen crazier things. Yeah, it's supposed to be uh, 75 degrees and raining, by the way. So <laughs> lovely In weather. Jacksonville? Yeah. So Jacksonville, 1-8. and eight. They're currently – oh, sorry. <laughs> the Jets are 0-9. But uh, So the Jets right now are losing for Lawrence. But with Jacksonville – I can't, man, how much fight do they got this team? You know, we've seen Foles in the mix there. We we got the mustache over there and Minshew. And, you know, this team seemed like they were kind of on the uptick coming into like a couple last seasons in this season. But they're kind of, man, after getting rid of Ramsey, they really just went down the deep end, you know, and. I thought they'd be a little bit better than one and eight. Obviously, they're not. But for some reason, Jacksonville getting almost 11 points in the NFL, man, that might be a game I might have to be looking at, especially when you know the Steelers are on a look ahead situation, because all they're going to be giving a damn about is the game on Turkey Day against the Ravens, because they're going to try to, you know, they're going to try to be going to 11 and 0. So Roethlisberger ain't going to give a damn about covering no damn, you know, 11 points. Yeah. He just wants to get out of there with a field goal win and just make it's sure true. he's going to kick uh, he's going to kick Baltimore's ass on Thanksgiving Day. So so he can eat some turkey and be 11 and 0, you know, so uh, that's, I, I might have to be actually- looking at Jacksonville. That's good analysis. I like that. You know, you know, sometimes they have that look ahead game, you know, just like uh, Notre Dame. I think they covered by a half a point against Boston College. And we said that that might have been a look ahead game to when they beat Clemson. And, you know, that, you know, the letdown spot. But I think they might have covered by a half to a full point. But I mean, so going back to what you said about like losing for Lawrence, dude, so go back to, to, to these teams. So do you think that these teams should continue losing for Lawrence like Atlanta, Matt Ryan and getting any younger? You know what I'm saying? You have Washington with only two wins. They might want to lose for Lawrence. Jacksonville, have they given up on Minshew? You know, uh, the Texans. What's have that they given saying up on, about Haskins? Jeez, bro. You know, the Broncos, they have already up, up on lock. The Jets, are they up on Darnold? You know, like all these teams, you have to figure, do they want to continue losing for Lawrence? The, the, the Giants, they're not down on Daniel Jones. But you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of these teams, you could make an argument to win because they're not going to get Lawrence or lose. Or, or, I mean, lose to get Lawrence or to get just someone, you know, on the offensive line or, or the best defensive player or whatnot. But, I mean... How many of those teams who have a quarterback that they've drafted in the first round over the last two, three, four seasons are they like, you know what? Nah, I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and do what uh, Arizona did this or last season. I'm going to take Kyler Murray, even though I just took a 
quarterback in like the first 10 or 11 picks in the previous draft. Well, I think that's interesting when people say the whole like losing for a player, because I think like a lot of teams, as weird as it sounds, they're not exactly built to lose for a player like the Falcons. You're not going to tell me a Julio Jones, a Calvin Ridley are going to go start losing games on purpose, as weird as that sounds. The Jets just suck. The Jets are terrible. You don't got to do too much manipulating to make them bad. They just suck. <laughs> it don't so matter tra- who you start. So so wouldn't Trevor Lawrence be going to the same damn situation as Sam Darnold did? So why would they draft Trevor, Trevor Lawrence? And that's, I think, what Mark just said. You trade the pick. You trade the pick. Yeah. If you gave up, like, what, how many first-round picks to get an RG3 back in the day, Washington, Rams, that whole ordeal and stuff, you trade the draft pick. Because the Jets, I mean, they they need a lot more than just a Lawrence. That's for damn sure. And, I mean, it's just funny. Oh, we, we're going to trade for Lawrence or we're going to lose for Lawrence. He's going to be the hero of the team. Well, who's on your O-line? Who's your running back? Who's your receivers? Remember, football ain't basketball. One player is not going to make that big a difference. You need to build a team and the cornerstones of your your offense and your defense. So uh, I think it's pretty safe to say the Jets are probably going to get the first-round pick. I mean, the Jaguars are probably a close second, but the Jets will probably get the first overall pick. But I think the Jets need to trade that pick, actually, because they, they, they are really bad. <laughs> They're... And, and let me ask you a question, guys. Would, would it be safe to say that it, that Trevor Lawrence is really going to be having a better year than, let's say, you know, um, Sandy, uh, San Diego, that Mr. Kyle, uh, Justin Herbert, Kyle Herbert, Justin Herbert has had at La- Los Angeles Chargers? I mean, I think for a rookie this season, I mean, we're seeing three of them, not one, not two, not three. So, I mean, we're seeing Tua come in and step in for Mr. Uh, for Mr. Uh, Mr. Harvard, right? So he's coming in. He's balling. We're seeing what Mr. Uh, Bengals is doing from his home state of Ohio, right? And now we got and, and now we got Justin Herbert doing what he's doing down in, at the Chargers territory. So, I mean, I think a lot of these teams might be looking at it like, like, wow, like we got all these rookies just balling. So I think that do you guys think that that makes them want to lose for Lawrence more because I mean, at the end of the day, just because we have these three players doing it, who's to say that Lawrence is going to be able to come in even as good as he is in Clemson. Who's to say that he's going to be able to just come into the NFL next season and emulate exactly what these you three guys are the doing. Draft pick. You lose yeah. for the draft pick. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said you guys are the GMs. That's why I said it. You guys are the GMs. You lose for the pick because how many teams want the quarterback at number one? Yes, They're going to pick King's yes. Ransom. Yeah. I mean, it, if Atlanta keeps losing, they draft Trevor Lawrence. He's got a cornucopia, you know, going with the Thanksgiving theme. they got a cornucopia of weapons. Justin Hermert came into L.A. He's got a ton of weapons. You don't have jack shit in, a, in, in New York. You don't. You have weapons. You have Melvin Gordon. You have Jerry Judy. You have good young talent in Denver. You know, some of those other teams. You know, the Dolphins, they have a kind of a revived running back. They have some, you know, they have Breida. They have, you know, uh, Howard. They have Gaskin. They have, you know, okay, and then they Parker. have uh, Parker. And then who's the other kid I really like? Preston Williams is yeah, good, Yeah, Preston too. Williams is really good. So you have those teams who have, have rookie quarterbacks. But, you know, do you think about the teams that might want to draft Trevor Lawrence? he's going to want to go to a team like Atlanta or Denver or, you know, who I, I just, anyone you know, but the Jets, you can say it. Anyone but the Jets, they have no freaking, 
weapons, you know, even if it was the Giants, the Giants have good uh, weapons when they're healthy. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me, on the offensive side, but they're not going to give up on Daniel Jones just yet. But yeah, he can't go to the Jets. It's going to be an unfortunate story. He's going to want to get through his, you know, three, four deal, the you know, your rookie contract. Coach. He's going to, you know, whine, bitch and complain. He's going to be a Gen Z kid who's going to whine. And he's he's going to pull an Eli Manning and not want to play for San Diego and want to get traded on draft day. I'm looking at the Packers guys uh, just to give out another game. They're a short underdog at Indianapolis. I think that the Packers could be a play here. Um, I like what Indianapolis got going, but I don't know. I think that Green Bay going into Indy, uh, I think they got something to show. I think Indy's been riding kind of high lately. You know, beating Tennessee kind of, uh, you know, with that crazy game on Thursday night. I think that uh, they're kind of riding their highs, and uh, Mr. AR might have a little bit of something to come in and say. Yeah, because they almost lost, what, against Jacksonville last week. They pulled out a close one at the end, and, um, yeah, I definitely like that analysis. But um, I'm going to give my two picks, like a 1A and 1B. I'm going to stick with the AFC West. Yes, Mark, I'm going to go two straight weeks with the Denver Broncos. I'm going to have them at home cover a three-and-a-half, four-point spread against the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully they go one and Sprinkled one this week. the money I- line. Because that would definitely help the Raiders in their playoff run uh, that the Dolphins lose. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, also a second straight week, I'm going to have the Chiefs coming off the loss against the Raiders at home. You know, and then with the Raiders, you know, who knows who's going to play on the defensive side of the ball? The Chiefs are going to come in and they're going to win by at least 10 points come Sunday night. Unfortunately, I actually agree with that too. I mean, I'm definitely on that Raiders train. I think they're doing great this season. Nine to ten wins, they'll probably get to the playoffs. But this is gonna be one of those games like, okay, we lose, we kind of were supposed to. Hey, we split the series with the Chiefs in 2020. I think we'll take yeah. that. They're gonna probably get boat raced. I think this weekend, to be honest. Teams aren't losing for Lawrence only. They might be not only tanking for Tua as they were last year, but they might be tanking for Trask. Because uh, that's right. Trask is leading in college right now for the Heisman. We saw what he's doing in Florida. We continue to see it. So that's going to be another pick that whatever happens at the combine. I mean, they're saying Lawrence is number one. I mean, I would say he is as well. But Trask might have a little bit of something to say about that going forward as he is your number one Heisman favorite currently. You know what? With with Trevor Lawrence missing the, that game against you know uh, Notre Dame for COVID and stuff, I definitely see that. I think it's going to be. I honestly think that that Heisman Trophy is going to be won in the SEC championship game. Trask and then the kid from Alabama. I think it's going to be one of those two kids. Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. I believe you it's going to be one of those so. two kids. Yes, sir. Better yep. than Lawrence? Why? Because mm-hmm. you think Lawrence sat out? You think that's going to hurt his chances because he didn't perform against – they're not going to have that performance against the number three team in the country or whatever they are now in uh, Notre Dame? And so number he, two. Number two they have team. A, yeah, unless they have a rematch in the ACC championship game and he absolutely obliterates them on the offensive side of the ball, I see it's one of those two kids from the SEC. Really? Okay. Okay. Because uh, right now, I mean, we got uh, 
To win the ACC, you got Clemson as a heavy favorite because remember, guys, Notre Dame is a is a member of the ACC this year. It was a, a, a kind of a contract they made. ACC said that Notre Dame can't join another conference until I think after 2028 or somewhat or whatnot, 2030. You might want to relay that information to your brother, the big Notre Dame fan, Mike. <laughs> but uh, they can't they can't join another another. Uh, conference so right now they're pegged at almost a three to one favorite as clemson is a one of five favorite to win that conference so yeah i definitely see clemson coming back and whooping that ass when it comes to Notre dame i see big 10 being won by ohio state so i mean the sec ooh, florida against alabama we got alabama as a one of four favorite and uh kyle trask himself with his uh gators are uh, about you know 22 to 1 i'd say about you know the odds i'm looking at here so i don't know man i think that we kind of got into college real quick which is fun we all know i love college football here but i don't know man i think that it kyle trask really is going to have a hand up on mac jones going into but you're right mike i mean you're completely right i think that that game is going to say a lot because i think alabama's offense is better but I think that if you put Kyle Trask with that offense on Alabama, will he perform better than Mac Jones? Who knows? They're kind of neck and neck right now, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, Mark, do you have an NFL pick? Do you have a pick for the fans, buddy? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> pick yeah, dude, Houston. <laughs> I'm taking Houston, man. I already said it. I'm taking Houston. All righty. So Houston Texans at home against New England Patriots. So that's the NFL. Enjoy. And everyone, I know we're not going to be here next week, but I hope everyone enjoys. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, looking ahead, I think I think I think I did look ahead. Those other two games are absolutely atrocious. It's like wa- the Washington football team at Dallas. And I think that Detroit's playing, I don't know, like Chicago or something. It's going to be two horrible games. And then we are treated with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. But uh, let's go to round out the sports side of the podcast. We have the EPL. EPL is back. We haven't talked about them really at all this season. Uh, guys, we have some interesting storylines. We have Leicester City sitting there at 6-2 and two with 18 points at the top of the table. Tottenham, you know, a resurgence from last year. Tottenham are tied with Liverpool with 17 points. Southampton. If the season ended today at 16 points, Southampton would be in the Champions League for next year. And then, you know, to round out the top 10, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Everton, Crystal Palace, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and lowly Manchester City with 13 points or 12 points in the top 10. So, yeah, there's some pretty good games this this upcoming weekend. What say you guys for the EPL coming back? Well, yeah, what you just said, I think, is uh, just crazy when you look at all these teams, where they're at. And then, hey, we just had international break. We're going to go right into EPL weekend. Oh, what do we have? Liverpool taking on Leicester City. Liverpool is missing half their damn team because of injuries slash COVID with Salah. So I think it's going to be a tough matchup for them. And then, oh, Hotspur and Man City, another big challenging game. So, you know, I, I'm i really happy. I'm looking at that game, Sean. I'm really happy we're having these games because the thing is we did have the international break, which did suck. But, hey, now that we're back in the EPL, we're actually going to light up the schedule with some really, really damn good games. So I think these two games, I mean, are obviously the games that stand out for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm just so sick of all these damn – I mean, it makes it so much harder when you got – not only do you have these players on these soccer clubs, you know, that are – they leave their teams to go play – 
you know, with with their clubs and or with their country. And it just makes the whole contract tracing or whatever you want to call it, COVID uh, 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 guideline just that much harder, man. I mean, you're tr- I, Sean, you're telling me right now about Salah being the, the Liverpool fan that I am. I mean, I thought he was going to play. Are you telling me that he's not playing this week? Because there's I mean, chance he isn't going to play. The whole defensive starting four isn't going to play. And I think there's like two or three other starters which may not play. God yeah. damn. Jeez. Jesus. Because I know they were kind of uh, locking him down in Egypt until he tested negative and able to or in order to be able to fly him back to northwest England. But I wasn't. I wasn't too sure about if he was going to play or not, but kind of like, you know, the NFL, you know, the football over here on this side of the pond, somehow, some way, it always seems that uh, that these players right before they kind of figure out a way to 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 play, you know, but (laughs) you got Tottenham, you guys said after tied with Liverpool, Mike in second against Manchester City, um, Manchester City, what do you guys say about them this year? I mean, do you think that their little run that they've had for so many years, maybe this question for Sean, you think their little run is kind of, I wouldn't say coming to an end, but do you think that the downfall of not being able to win the Champions League and Guardiola and his players getting a little bit older, do you think that that's kind of taking a toll on how much Man City's being able to perform? Me being, I mean, Mike and me probably well, love this, but uh. well, not like 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 not talking, you know, the sport of soccer right now and like the players and you know the talent and whatnot. I honestly think that they're catching a little bit of a karma. You know, I don't think they got punished enough with their fraud. You know, the whole case that they that they caught, you know, early, what was it earlier this year or last year? I think they're catching a little bit of, uh, a little bit of karma. So good good for them unfortunately i don't know what manchester united did to deserve what they're getting but they're what down in 14th place with 10 points they just you know they're the epitome of of, of playing down to their to their you know talent level and i think i really screwed up that franchise i, I as soon as i became a fan it's, <laughs> it's like i know they got second place a few years ago but dude they can't ugh, what the hell they're gonna get ronaldo back what? though baby don't worry I, oh, yeah, I, rumor, rumor. Yeah, I know. Sean, your uh, your Portuguese-led Wolverhampton Wanderers. As we come back to work Monday morning after the long Thanksgiving weekend, we have you know you can turn on our YouTube TV right after lunch at noon and watch Wolverhampton Wanderers at home against the fourth place Southampton. So that'd be a good game too. As you know, I will. Uh, there are only three games right now out of a Champions League spot. Yet we're only seven to eight games into the season, so we have a super long season. <laughs> yeah. But Obviously, I think right now you're kind of just getting a, you're getting a feel for your team. I mean, even Man United, they're six teams at six points out of a Champions League spot. Again, seven yeah, to true. eight games into the season, so it's like, oh, these teams are doing so disastrous. But the season and the you know it's so young right now, guys. Yeah. I mean, the first place team, Leicester City, already has two losses. There's times you see this. I mean, look at uh, Liverpool last year. They went how long without a freaking loss and a draw? They just, I mean, mm-hmm. they are just boat racing everybody so i think it's obviously a little bit closer this season uh real quick going to what you said about man city mark teams like that they reload guardiola just signed a two-year extension i think yesterday the day before i know they already signed a couple of defenders so i mean aguero's 32 finished a year get rid of them get somebody new Uh, you know that's what they do they just replace the parts with new parts and it sucks i mean do i think they're gonna maybe 
win the Champions League? Probably not. They might even win the EPL this season. Hey, it might be a freaking Tottenham. Maybe Jose Marino is going to bring the championship to Tottenham. I mean, who knows? You know, right now it's obviously a tough start for Liverpool. I still think they are the favorite. Uh, a little star in the making, Diago Jota, the Portuguese native, is definitely be a big boost for them, man. Especially, you know, with Salah, with the COVID thing and all these injuries. It might be a little, you know, blessing in disguise for them. But I think it's just really early. Let's just I get think, some good games. I think when we look back at sport and sports in general in this 2020-2021 seasons, I think we're just, you know, not to you know, use it as a crutch, but, you know, for some of these teams who kind of play, who, who underwhelm and don't play as well, you know, you might have, you might look back at, Hey, look at week three when so-and-so played so-and-so, you know, they have like 18, you know, or like eight guys out with coronavirus, you know, you had, you know, it's just going to be, it's, it's a weird season. And for, you know, for those hardcore fans who get really pissed off and really passionate and really high, you know, high of highs and lows of lows. I don't know. I think 2020, 2021 seasons, just kind of calm down, enjoy that we're actually getting sports, period, and just take it for what it is. And just, you know, as these teams and these cities and countries itself, try, just try to navigate around this this pandemic and what's been going down. And, and I think, know- uh, sorry, sorry, real quick. I think one thing to add exactly to what Mike says. You obviously enjoy the sports. You appreciate it. We have sports and there's a freaking pandemic going on right now. But one thing I think people need to do is not have pity, not feel bad, but also understand for soccer, you're basically playing for two teams for the most part, your international team, which games are every year, year round, somewhere along the season. And you're obviously club team. So I know, you know, not just the rumor, the actual facts, some players literally had an eight to 15 day off season, eight to fifteen day off season, guys. So to tell me that these guys got to freaking bust their ass a full calendar year, pretty much, and you're gonna get eight to fifteen days to go vacation, and you gotta go right back to it. And we've already had international games. You know, these guys are not even fully recovered. I think from last season. So I mean, I think there's a reason why you're seeing all these injuries, Liverpool, hence all these different things. So I mean, you know, it's it's just 2020, and there's a lot of different things that are happening with the rest periods and stuff. So it, that kind of sucks, but we definitely got to be happy that we do have sports at least. A hundred percent, but you can't sit here, Sean, and say that every, every, I mean, there's so, there's how many players on these national, I mean, sorry, how many players on these team teams that don't get to play for their national country. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of these players actually hate when they get to see their stars, like the Salas and the Ronaldo's just bounce their teams and, have to go play internationally while oh, they, they don't sit. want to play. Oh, they don't. They've actually, I mean, they actually, I was watching the Team USA game the other day and they actually like openly said in the game, like the Juventus coach flat out called, like the US coaches said, don't play Weston McKinney during this game or don't play him long. Flat out, they're telling him, we don't want you to play him long so he doesn't risk getting hurt for the season. He didn't have a long enough offseason, basically, an off, you know, long enough break and we don't want to just slam him with extra minutes. So, you know, damn well coaches are calling him, but. You know, imagine that, Mike. You're a head coach and like, hey, you know, Mike, I don't want you to play that guy a lot because, you know, when he's done with you, I need him to come play for my team. Like, how are you supposed to handle that? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. 
But, I mean, I actually love what I'm seeing on the Ingers Premier League table here, guys. I think it's fun when you got a Southampton at four, an Aston Villa at six, a Crystal Palace at eight. Manchester City's all the way down there at 10th. You know, Mike, your beloved Manchester United is down at 14th. But let's not get it twisted. They're down at 14th and with 10 points. But, I mean, you know, like like Sean said, they're only a couple of points, two games you know, two game, two wins and two losses from Southampton to, you know, to be right there in the fourth spot. So it's early in the season. It's fun. We got a game starting off again. So, yeah, we're here. We're all Sean in particular. He loves all types of soccer. Mike and I kind of are more on the on the English premiere with our love for Liverpool and man, you as we uh, struggle with that battle <laughs> between comic bookie hosts. But, uh, yeah, dude, let us know. What are your teams? What, are, what teams do you like, comic bookie fans? Are you into the MLS here in the States? Are you more of a Barcelona, Real Madrid fan, as many people seem to be? Are you a Portuguese Benfica fan like our Portuguese brother, Sean? <laughs> let us know. Let us uh, let us know. Let us. We want to talk about your teams just as much as we talk about ours. Hey, guys. This is Frank Ogle, writer of Dead End Kids and No Heroin. You recently heard me on the show to talk about my new book, Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job. Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job follows three former friends who have all been deeply affected by the events of September 11th as they struggle alone to cope with the long-term effects of that tragic day and what happens to them when they find a bag of cash stolen from a local drug kingpin. I just wanted to drop by and remind you guys that Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job is currently up for pre-order. For those of you who haven't checked out the original Dead End Kids, The Suburban Job is a fresh start. A new cast and a new place with a new crime. For those of you who love the original series, we've got the entire creative team back together again to bring you more of what you loved the first time around. But whether you're a new or returning reader, I think you'll really dig the new series. If you want to check out Dead and Kids' Suburban Job, be sure to get your pre-orders in at your local comic shop by December 4th. Yep. So transitioning from sports to comics, I just want to lay it out there. It's a little bit of sports and a little bit of like nerdy, you know, video games. Uh, myself, I recently just got my first ever win at a super speedway. Mr. Mike Biella in the Xfinity series in the number 23. Uh, I'm, I'm racing for John Hunter Nemechek in the Xfinity series. Let's I got go. my first, first win at Talladega. So suck it. So, <laughs> but going. Who's your sponsor, my, by the way? Car sponsor. Uh, my car sponsor for the Xfinity series, I forgot what it is, but I, I'm, it's like mainly black and with like a little bit of red. I think like my numbers are red. I forgot what the sponsor SpaceX. is. SpaceX. Is that what it is for the number 23 uh, Chevy? SpaceX is ain't sponsoring no goddamn <laughs> cars right now. <laughs> what, what else am I supposed to think? If you tell me space, I'm like, oh, That'd be I don't tight, know. though. That would be sick. I mean, I, I can look up the picture right now, but Speaking no. of space. No, no. Before we get into comics, that's another conversation I'm going to get into real quick, you jackass. Speaking of space, I'm over here watching the goddamn space space capsule resilience about to lift off on Sunday afternoon before Sunday night football. And I'm over here telling Mike to check it out because you're so much into the Mandalorian, all the, the, the space that's stuff. That's different. It's so it's not, different. What do you mean? Of there course is it's different. It's real shit. So that that'd be the same thing. So so what would be more comparable is like, oh, I'm watching uh, Apollo 13. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay, well then why don't you like this? That's like real astronaut stuff. This is totally fictional Star Wars. It's totally different than what what that is. Totally different. 
I, I, so, I'm sorry okay. that this so never, that's the it's question. never, that's the super, qu- never interested me whenever there's that's a whole the question like, I flight. to you. So when it's fake, it interests you, but to see the real shit, to see the real damn capsule with the 120 something million pounds of thrust, which is five, seven, 37s put together. And Nerd. How- <laughs> yeah, you're telling me that's not interesting. You're no, telling me there's, that there's no aliens flying up to the space to the satellite or to the whatever space station. It's there's oh just, just the three or four three or four human beings that graduated from Stanford University or, or wherever the hell they graduated. It the doesn't interest that, me. I'm sorry. The there's fact, no story. There's no story to it. It's just like, oh, this guy, who, this guy, this billionaire just made this rocket ship, and there's this, this, all this engineering goes into it. Okay, cool. That's cool. And then it so goes how, up into the air, and then that's 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 all it is to me. I'm sorry. There's no storyline to it. There's no week to week thing. Hey, Sean, me and you were gonna talk about Mandalorian. So there, there's no there's no storyline to the fact that before you know our nasa you know space shuttle program got shut down we weren't able to launch an american astronaut into space to the iss unless we went through russia for the last 10 years and the fact that they're able to design this space capsule that you see in the movies but it's real life the fact that you know they're able to land these reusable rockets down back to earth by only like calibrating a couple engines and being able to move them so they can like land on this damn pad in the middle of the Atlantic ocean. How does that, I mean, I don't understand if you're into, if you're into something that's like in the movies, I mean, it's like the movies in real life. I just, I I mean, I, I mean, I'm being completely honest with you. When I told you to check it out, I was like, this dude's going to love this shit. When you told me you care less, I was like, wow, I really couldn't believe it. I mean, come on. Star Wars is rarely in space, like especially the Mandalorian. It's mostly him going from planet to planet. You know what I'm saying? So just the relationships and all the different aliens and just the story of him getting baby Yoda to the Jedis and everything. That's what I'm more interested in. Like, I I don't know. I don't know why. It's not a knock. It's not like I think it's like stupid. It's just I've never been interested. Like when someone says, hey, you know, the Apollo 69 is going to go up today. Oh, cool. I I, I just don't I'm not going to tune in. I'm sorry. It's it's nothing. It's not like I'm knocking it. Hey, you know what? You love it. That's cool. It's your boy too, Elon Musk. I just it doesn't interest me. I'm sorry. Like, like, like maybe the next one I'll tape it and I'll see it go up and it's like, oh, cool. You know, like that's hopefully it doesn't blow up and kill people. That's, you know, that's, that's all I think about. Yeah, I I think it's, I, I, I on, I honestly, in my opinion, I think that shit's so damn interesting. You see these damn rockets like return back to earth, like the shit you would have only thought of in the movies. And it's like happening in real life. And when they like, that's why I like the whole pregame. Obviously, the launch is just like, oh, three, two, one, and it's like at night, so you don't even see anything besides a damn flame. But like, I mean, the pregame when they're like explaining all that shit. I mean, the fact that if they would have left a couple hours earlier, if they would have left a couple hours earlier, they would have been able to reach the ISS in eight hours. But they had to take 27 hours because they had to orbit Earth about like two times to let the ISS travel faster than them so they can like completely go under it and then like be able to attach to it at 17,500 miles dude it's just just, it's it's interesting as hell dude I mean I love it sorry that was my rant I thought you would love it Sean's over there smiling from ear to ear watching us just (laughs) bitch at each other but Sean what's your take on it before we get into comics Uh, I I love it I'm like I stream between both of you guys like 
if it's on, oh, okay, I'll throw it on, but I don't like, oh, full hell yeah, it's rocket time, let's go. The only rocket time, time is, like, it's rocket time in my pants, too. But but, you see how they do it? I love how they put it on right when the light, late afternoon NFL games are ending, and then li- and then takeoff is literally like right before the Sunday night game. The they they know what they're doing. The only thing I would add is a famous line from Jingle All the Way is once they're going to take off, they say, it's turbo time. Turbo time. <laughs> <laughs> if they the had blast. that line, bro, forget it. Sinbad <laughs> was in that. <laughs> Shot at Sinbad. Sinbad just had a stroke. Get well soon. Get well soon. Get oh, well wow, soon, Mr. Sinbad. Had a stroke a couple days ago. All right, so let's get into comic books. Speaking of comics, we are again Turbo brought to you blaster. by we are brought to you by um, <laughs> Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Uh, this week, let's go DC: Batman 103, Justice League 57, Dark Knights: Death Metal 5, Teen Titans 47, which is the end of a run. So hopefully, not all of our DC books are gone in the next six to seven months, but that one is. And Rorschach number two is comes out. On the Marvel side, Amazing Spider-Man 53, Venom 30, Immortal Hulk 40, Fantastic Four 26, and Captain America 25. Some of our smaller publishers, Mark, I'm not sure if you got this. I think you did, but on IDW, Sea of Sorrows, number one. Image side, Die 15, and Ice Cream Man 21. Boom Studios, Something is Killing the Children, number 12, and Once in Future, 13. And, of course, one of our favorite publishers, AWA, Bad Mother, number 4, and Grendel, Kentucky, number 3. So let's get into more uh, nerd stuff. What do you guys want to get into first? Just throw out a book. Anything you guys read from last week that you really enjoyed? Anything you're really interested in this week? Let's get into a little bit of a comic book discussion, fellas. Very, very, very interested, and it's actually you who got the book for us was Bad Mother, bro. I yeah, think I'm I said it, and I'm going to stick by it, bro. That argument might be my best story I've been reading since becoming a comic book reader. I just like how relatable it is. Obviously, the daughter's kidnapped. Yes, the mom is aware of kind of who has her, and she's starting to flip the script and play the game on them. And I'm just so interested in what's going to happen. How is she going to basically get her daughter back? The impact yeah. her daughter's gonna have of trying to like on her side try to break out, but you know it's a typical story that you could no oh, I could see that kind of happening in real life. Mm-hmm. I could see a movie off of this. Yeah, I mean if I'm gonna rank the current AWA stories I'm reading, I think Bad Mother is far far in front of American Ronin and Grendel, Kentucky. American Ronin is better than Grendel, Kentucky, but man, I thoroughly enjoy when I see that Bad Mother is next on my reading list. Thoroughly enjoy that one. I'm so excited. What do you think of American Ronin, Mikey? Uh, that was, that was one a, of the books I kind of want. I kind of wanted to get into. I know a, you really it liked a good it. Issue. Did it kind of? Did, did it kind of? Did it kind of take you for a loop there, where he was like doing with the whole serum or whatnot? Um, once again, fans, if you are not in a, on this book, like uh, Mike and I are, it's by AWA Upshot by Peter McGillan and uh, David Lorenzo and ACO. I see here. It's about a pretty much a, what an assassin, but he's got kind of – it's not really an assassin, is it, Mike? It's kind well, of more are, of well, a – Well, they are, but it's so cool how they find each other. Like he finds this guy by just getting a little piece of DNA, and then he pumps himself, and it kind of gives him like his like current memories, you know what I'm saying, or like you know nightmares and whatnot. And it kind of gives him his, his current location, and boom, he's at the hotel he's at, you know what I'm saying? Like it's really, really cool. 
And then what they seem to do in is um this guy, I mean the protagonist, he's kind of hunting down the old boss and all the rest of the Ronins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean we're we're yet to find out. I think it's a uh, five issue series that we have here out of AWA. We're only two in, but we're yet to find out the reason why he's hunting down his bosses. But yeah, it's kind of. I, I didn't think it was going to go in that direction where he's injecting serum into himself like it's a hot shot of heroin. But, I mean, it's this – I mean, and, and all he needs is just a little bit of DNA, right, off of – he finds the guy's razor in the shower that he was using to shave his, his face. And, man, he it was like a kid on Christmas morning the way his eyes lit up. It was like, you know, a, a Christmas tree. But, man, it, it's a pretty good book. Another one that I liked, I didn't think it – it was as good as I was expecting is Scarant Hood, although I did really enjoy the connection with the son and the daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that goes, you know, that was a pretty cool one. This is an IDW book by Nick Roach and Chris O'Halloran. Mike, you can give a little bit more on this one if you'd like. It was cool because it was, it seemed like just like a real story. Just, you know, just two moms and two dads and they, you know, they get coffee every now and then the dad, you know, he's kind of new to the group. Um, the, the one dad and then they go and they hear about this crazy story about these three you know stone or i mean like these um what they're like ceramic angels that are above the gymnasium stage and all of a sudden oh, oh one of them's missing and the guy tells a story about how this kid goes under the stage and he never returns later to find out that it's the guy's brother his uh little brother or big brother and he never returns home so sure enough they they dare him to go under there and he finds the statue wrapped in like the you know the the thorns and then of course of course you know like any other horror movie he goes home and he gets haunted by this thing he gets locked out of his house he turns around he sees this what the hell look like a freaking swamp thing slash dog thing i have no idea what it was but it's pretty freaky i think it's a mini series so it it won't last long it's definitely on the pull list for me just because i like uh where i'm going with some of these horror stories like that sea of sorrows is a another horror book that i picked up from also idw so i'm excited for those two it's a um, it's four issues, Mike. Okay, yeah. So I don't get a lot of IDW, but I'm really excited for that for for those two because I, you know, I'm wanting to get more into the horror, you know, genre of comic books. Is that what IDW mo- mainly uh, does, Mike? Is uh, horror? No, I'm no, I mean, because IDW okay. is like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Transformers and and stuff like that. So it's not only that, but some of their more mature reader books. I I hope that they go in that direction because because so, so far, Scaring Hood, I thought was pretty good. Sean, what did you like about Punchline? I know you mentioned to us on the text line earlier that you thought it was so so. Mike, I see you with the thumbs up. I'm kind of with you, Mike. I don't know if Sean's thumb is kind of in the middle, but I think that what Tynion had me fooled because I don't know what book it was a couple books ago. It might have even been in the tech. What book was it in, Mike, where we got Punchline and we actually got her kind of confessing on national television that she was kind of sorry, but it kind of ended just at that. Well, it was the end and of Joker it, War. Was it the end of Joker War? Yeah, so it was War? Batman, I think, yeah. Okay, so that bait, so punchline, am I right? It kind of continued that story. And we thought that she was back in Joker War. We're thinking, oh, maybe she's going to kind of give her innocence. But come to find out in punchline that no, 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 not so fast. She is still with the Joker. Don't get confused. What DC is doing and what Tynion is doing to create the story in, you know, post Tom King life. 
you know, I think it's great. And D- this is something that DC's got to continue, which is something that we're going to get into later on in news. You guys stick around for that. But Sean, give us your thoughts on Punchline. I thought it was pretty good. I like what DC's kind of giving us with this character and kind of giving us the, you know, the idea and, you know, the persona that this is going to be a pretty big character going on in the future. Well, I think it's funny that she's a villain, but a lot of people actually kind of see her as a hero in the book. Like, she's very manipulative to where everyone's actually supporting her. Like, you know, she's innocent. The Joker kind of took her kidnap from the very beginning and kind of made her the way that she is. And she's a part of the script. She knows what she's doing, but she's very manipulative. To kind of like she has people thinking, oh, so just because she hangs out with Joker, that makes her bad. Of course, full, like... What kind of don't drink the juice? Come on now. Mm-hmm. I'm really interested into what the next issue is gonna be about because you can see like there's all these outside characters included in the punchline story, the number one, and just kind of like some people, oh she's bad, and other people, why is she bad? The Joker's bad, but why is she bad? What has she actually done to be bad? So yeah. it's just really interesting the manipulation, like even her walking into the courthouse willingly. Like you see all yeah. these people like free punchline, free punchline. So I'm really interested in what the next issue is going to be about. I thought the whole podcast thing was pretty cool. Just episode this episode. Oh, that. definitely. Uh, yes. A, a nice little ode to the new 52 episode 52 was the final episode of the podcast. I thought that was pretty cool. And I got a kind of feel of the end of the Joker movie. Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. I have how he's he killed the three guys in the subway or four guys in the subway. He shot Robert De Niro in the head. And yet there's hundreds of people out in the streets just causing havoc in these joker masks because they're all for joker you know they see him as a symbol of you know freedom and something different than batman that's what i compared it to so it was it was actually really cool um i don't know this was a punchline special so it's not like it's going to be an ongoing there's not going to be a number two but i do hope that soon that she is a core uh, piece of either detective or Batman or someone, or she gets her own story because it's you know she's gonna be she's gonna be here for a while and I love the backstory she's different than a Harley Quinn to where you know it's it's she's not a psychiatrist she didn't get you know you know just kind of effed up from Joker that's right there so I think that she's gonna be with him for a long time Harley's gonna do her own thing with Poison Ivy and 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 whatnot but it's gonna be really interesting to see what DC goes with her uh, in, in the future. Yeah, I think her story was more than enough to see that. She kind of needs her own story, not just one issue. She's kind of with the Joker, but you see she actually, while she's with his kind of like agenda, she has her own agenda too. She knows what she's doing, and she's definitely developed into a character that she's not necessarily just a supporting character, just, you know, Joker's chick. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it'd be good to see you know they had a you know a continuation to what they uh, gave us last week and obviously what they're going to do with their uh, future books yeah uh just like a quick rundown too like i love the death metal uh tie-in the infinite hour extreme you know my boy lobo he's one of my favorite villains slash kind of anti-heroes uh detective comics was good for me superman i'm loving the story arc right now he's fighting some crazy alien from like an unknown origin and he has no idea why he's trying to fight him but he's currently fighting him in the phantom zone flash for me like i texted you guys about a five out of ten six out of ten that you know if you want to get into that later darth vader was okay like it's a nice setup for this story going forward but it was kind of bare as far as the content i saw too many uh too many pages of just like scene 
like not enough thing not like not enough dialogue yeah strange academy the one that me and you get sean that one was really good and of course seven secrets i enjoyed that issue as well but sean how did you like power rangers you told us uh earlier i mean last week that you got you know this new new story issue one how'd you like it Bro, it, it made me feel like a kid again. There's Zordon, there's Zach, there's Billy, <laughs> good old Kimmy. Uh, you know what? It, it's it, it, There's Tommy, the White Ranger. Hell yeah. So it's cool, bro. I mean, it definitely has, like, exactly what you would picture them being on those old shows that we'd watch is exactly how they look like in the comic book. So it's cool. In your typical Power Rangers story, there's a bad guy in this one. There's a bad guy that they kind of need to work with to find another bad guy. Zoran's not all for it, so he's kind of like, hey, don't go against me. You know, something bad's going to happen. So, you know, that's kind of like the idea of it. But just in general, like the way the artwork is, it's pretty good. The story's pretty cool. The interaction between the characters, it, it's definitely a Power Rangers like we used to watch them. I liked it. Mark, I see that in your hands. Go, go, buddy. Power Rangers. Yeah. Remember the pink one? That was the one. that was the one. Kimberly. Kimberly. Um, didn't the Asian, the the girl who played the Yellow Ranger, she died in a car accident. She died. Itchy. Yeah. Yeah. She died. Like, like <laughs> no, it's not breaking news. I think it happened like shortly after the show ended, like like in some time in the nineties, I believe, or two really? thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it didn't last this. long. This is new news to me. Yeah, but um, Mark, I see that book you're holding up. You that's see like the, the book I'm holding up. That's like the last one I wanted to get into. Antarctic uh, Press, bro. Hot yeah, I was Valley just going to say. Cocaine Nights, number one. Hot Valley Days, Cocaine Nights. And let me give you a shout out to Antarctic Press here because I don't know how big of a, you know, I th- I'd say, you know, Mike, you might know a little bit more on how big of a scale of a publisher they are, but I wouldn't say that they're, you know, that big. Because, once again, it's another new publisher that I've gotten. So, shout out to Antarctic Press. And I'm not trying to put you guys down or whatnot. But uh, I just haven't gotten a book from you guys. Haven't heard much of uh, Antarctic Press's stuff around uh, the comic book stores. Nonetheless, this is my favorite book of the week. So, I don't give a damn what you guys say. Antarctic Press, if you guys are into uh, uh, Boston George, a little bit of uh, uh, Tuna... A little bit of a blow. This is what it's about. It's the female uh, blow. So, Mike, what do I you just think like about how, it? I, I just like how there's like the inner monologue, you know, of, you know, hey, so this is going to happen later. Like, you'll see. Like when she said she's going to kick the shit out of her grandpa. Like, I just like, like, you know, like you'll see that later. And it just Tarantino's itself and goes back and forth to the past in the 70s and the present in the late 80s. It's really cool Dude, how, it, how, how and then it's going to show how she kind of becomes comes to power because it goes to her really early life of just kind of a broken home. And then it goes every time it goes back to like what 1988 or whatever, she's already like, you know, high up in the rankings of like, you know, drug dealings and looks like she's going to get in trouble with the higher ups um, next issue. But I really hope that they get into what happens in like the late seventies, early eighties as she hitchhikes her way from Ohio to LA and how she kind of comes to power um as far as in the drug game down there but it's a really good book i i I thoroughly enjoyed it i can't wait till what sometime next month in december when number two comes out and right when you opened it up you started off with you're like oh man this thing's really started (laughs) off running (laughs) with the devil i don't know if that was i mean it probably wasn't an ode but because i'm pretty sure this was printed before but not only is antarctic press killing it with the story i mean 
the, the thickness of this – I mean, what kind of trees are they cutting down to have these – I mean, They are Jesus. not they, – they are definitely not a green cutting, company. <laughs> they are not cutting any corners on the side – on the thickness of – paper the the mill that they're using but nonetheless you guys comic bookie fans i highly highly uh recommend this book if you guys like a little bit more of raw kind of um you know late 70s 80s type of stuff like mike is alluded to and um yeah written by matthew Spraldin, and it's actually based on true events so it's on a true story this is something that i love uh, pencils and inks by Farid Karami, colors by Andrew Crossley. So yeah, uh, Antarctic Press, you're getting a lot of love tonight on the Comic Bookies podcast, but you guys have written a great and published a great story. Thank you. Check it out. I loved it. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much it for the common book. I, I think it's. You don't want to touch on your Flash, Michael? I mean, sorry, Sean. That's your Flash. That's your guy. Ah, uh, man, uh, I definitely got to support you guys in that five out of ten. It was very, very. And we've been liking the new writer. Don't get us wrong, guys. We've been yeah. actually we've been vouching for the new writer. It's just that maybe is it the character? Sean, it's your guy. But is it the character? You mean is just like something? Dr. Is it something? Because Batman can be so interesting what you can do with him and Alfred and missing the parents and how deep you can get into his mental and his psyche. With this, with, I mean, same thing with Barry Allen, right, with the mom. But I don't know. I just feel like like the I, for some reason, I feel like flash stories have just been getting me in a loop where it's just I kind of want to get out of it. It's like I'm in a bad mushroom trip. You know, it's like just wake me up. I mean, me I mean, sleep. It's kind of like you know he he's all he's always on the on the brink of either proposing or having just the best relationship with Iris and then he has to go somewhere because something you know is wrong in Central City and it's just kind of yeah I mean you're kind of in a loop and Doctor Alchemy although he's cool and what he can do with his powers how he gained it he what he just found a freaking rock like I don't know it's just kind of uh, I don't know I, I hope the story goes you know Dwayne like, Johnson that, was just sitting out there waiting for him you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so i mean i mean it, i guess it's kind of cool how he kind of brought up all the other philosophers that had the stone before him and it was like you know all of like four or five of them talking i guess that was pretty cool but i don't know dude just like he comes up with this different metal you know and then he like what paints a little bit on his ring and you know he just takes it i don't know it's just it's well, not well, tell us tell us tell us the truth tell us the truth like you think about the editors for the, some of these from these comic books man tell us the well, truth like oh you mean, oh you mean from that specific issue yeah i know the grammar issue is just atrocious sometimes but um i don't know it's just not it's not getting to me right now it's just not hitting me i i, I don't have the same feeling exactly. from like you that's know, what i've been trying to like, tell you for a that's what i've been trying to tell you for a couple I, months I have, Mike. i have you know not you to get, get the you know, cocaine personal you exactly those, you feel you a little those, tickle you get those cocaine nights, bro. You see how you see how real and raw some of that shit can be, and you're like, hmm, okay. Yeah, you know, you get you get a little tickle for these stories, you know, like uh, Hot Valley Days and Cocaine Nights and 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 American Ronin and Bad Mother. You get these this is tickle, and then sometimes these classic comic book stories like superheroes, like Batman, Superman, Flash. You know, it's just kind of, you know, it's just. I don't know. It becomes kind of, I don't know, just 
I get I, I get you, dude. I, I'm totally with you. And when and, and when Alex shot out Treasure Island Comics, our sponsor for this week and every week, uh, check them out. Fremont, California, curbside or for all your comic booking needs. But no doubt, bro. What I'm trying to say is at the end of the day, I remember the one thing that Alex and uh, Eric that's no longer with them anymore uh, actually said, you know, you're going to end up liking what you like. There's so many different stories. Check out that shelf. That's more of like the fiction. This is like the nonfiction. This is the comic, whatever. Right. And now that that I'm what almost go, believe it or not, Sean, Mike's in the more years in the game. But Sean and I are coming up on what, two years in this thing. So. You know, now that I'm almost two years into these books, getting damn near five to seven, eight, nine a week, I mean, I kind of starting to understand a little bit more of what I like, and I understand what they were telling me at that comic book, you know, at TI back in the day when I started. So, yeah, dude, I think that you're gonna like what you like, and some stories you think that you like them, but eventually you don't. You know, it's it's kind of like holding a stock for a long time. Yeah, you think that yeah. you like it, it might do its thing, you might want to sell it, you might want to buy more. It's just, you know, these books are like stocks right now. Yeah, it, I, I think that the the classic and the big ones are becoming more gimmicky than I'd like. And so I'm kind of shifting more towards the you know, IDWs and Arctic Presses and Images and, and, and Boom Studios. I, I, I'm getting a, a better feeling after those issues than I would after Green Lantern or after a Superman or action comics and whatnot. There, some issues are still good, but overall, like right now, I feel a lot better about the more independent um, publishers right now for sure. That's crazy. It's crazy for you to feel like that, Mike, especially in, a, in in days that we're actually hearing crazy news. If you want to get into some news, I got a little bit for you, Mike. Oh, we got or, news, buddy. I mean, we got news because we got news here talking about maybe DC Comics could be shutting it down for the comic side. And the only thing going to be left is uh, video games, movies, TV shows. <laughs> what the hell are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, you can't. This can't be our faith. Obviously, this is coming from a very conservative guy that's in the comic book game. Um, uh, his name's Vic Skyver that I've heard here uh, from CosmicBookNews.com. Uh, it's cl- he's claiming that DC Comics should be closed down at about June 2021. That gives us about eight months, guys, to enjoy our favorite some of our favorite titles. Uh, flash or not, I mean, we got to keep having these these comics coming to us, and I don't see how um, how this could be happening. But yet, the 27 year old veteran in the comic book industry who recently said that Jim Lee will be leaving the company as well, you know, he's well known for working on DC's Green Lantern with Jeff Johns, who uh, recently also announced he is publishing a creator owned comic book at Image comics and it's not with dc that's jeff johns but this guy van skyver he's claiming that uh insider filled him that at&t has plans to close down the dc comics publishing by june he says that while publishing of comic books will end the popular characters such as batman superman etc will live on in the form of movies tv shows and video games which make money for at&t while comics do not Comics themselves have fallen into the hands of extremely irresponsible people in editorial and publishing who have taken comics and turned them into and turned them from a good, fun pastime, escape this fantasy into identity, political, evil, poisonous pamphlets that insuit their own readers. So if I'm says interpreting Dan that, Skyver. 
Your guys' thoughts, man. If I'm interpreting that correctly, Sean, what we were talking about, that's comics are done. You're not getting them digitally. We ain't getting them, period. We're not getting any DC. So it's going to be kind of weird to go into Treasure Island every week and get some Marvel, some Boom, but not get my Batman. What? Like, I get a Batman or Detective every week. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be really weird to not get DC books. I mean, but what are we going to do? 2021 should be, you know, Christmas Day 2020 and going forward in 2021 should be a huge year for HBO Max, for DC itself, for the TV slash movie business. But yeah, I, I need my comics, man. Well, I got a question for you, especially, Mike, because I know you've been in the game a little bit longer. So say, you know, DC ends up going through with this in the next six months. What do you think this actually does to the value of comic books on those specific ones that actually were, that, that was that one, that was a good one right there. Do you think like, those people that still are seeking those, you know, paperback copies actually may raise the value of them? Uh, probably. I mean, probably no more than they would if, if, you know, as the years go on. I would think probably that the, like, let's just say we have a, a hard date of June 15th is the final day of DC. Like, whatever books come out, like that final day, like there may be some huge thing that they do, like a, it's like a farewell thing, that may be a hot book. You know what I'm saying? But as far as just something that you've been collecting for years and years, I mean, it's not like, you know, I don't know. It's not going to be the second, third, fourth, fifth print of these books. I think it's it's still going to be, you know, as the years go on and as you're going to have more TV and movies come out with those characters, that's what's going to drive the price high. That's what's going to going to drive these speculators to want to pay 300 for this Venom book and for this $500 for this, you know, Batman who laughs book and, and, and whatnot. Are we going to get a reverse flash in this movie? So you want the first appearance of a reverse flash and you'll pay 600 instead of a normal 350, you know? So it's just, I, I think that's what it is. And speaking of books, we actually got the first Batman that sold for a record 1.5 million, but we're going to get to that in a second. Guys, let me just keep asking you a question about what we were just talking about. Do you guys think, in your opinion, we obviously know that Warner Brothers, DC, these are all owned by monopolies such as Marvel and Disney and Fox. You know what? All these companies are basically buying each other up. In my opinion, now that I think about it, sorry to bring my business side uh, you know, to the comic book. But I mean, we can discuss anything. This is what I love about this platform. This is what I love about this podcast. Discuss this with my brothers coming to bring the comic bookies podcast business ventures right here. But what do you guys think, man? I, in my honest opinion, I would say that I think that AT&T being such a monopoly and trying to take over DC Comics, Warner Brothers, in a, in a way, I think, honestly, it's bad for DC Comics. I think that if AT&T, of such a big monopoly of a company that gives me my cell phone service that it should worry about, you know, telecommunications is owning my comic book stories that now I'm listening and reading stories about them maybe ending. I mean, I'm not down with that. I think that AT&T needs to stay in their own lane. I know that you guys got the money. I know you guys got the money to buy Warner Brothers and buy it all up and create a whole huge monopoly just like Disney does with with what they do. But in my opinion, I feel like if if these maybe that's why Mike, you just alluded to it earlier. You're liking the the booms. You're liking the IDWs. You're liking the dark horse. You're liking you know why? Uh, this is exactly why. 
because they're not being governed by a bigger power, whereas Marvel, AT&T, Disney, where it's kind of, in my opinion, I think that the DC, they need to be DC. They need to be who they are, independent, not being ran by a huge monopoly, which is AT&T, that's losing thousands and millions and maybe even billions of dollars due to that horrible acquisition that they made of DirecTV, where everyone's in the world of cord cutting right now. And now AT&T is, I don't know if they're trying to, you know, recover some losses. I heard that they're trying to sell DirecTV, which is going to be pretty hard because who's going to buy up a company like that when everyone, including you guys, are cord cutting? I'm still true to DirecTV, although I've been on the ropes lately. It might be a year or two until I join you guys. I see you smiling, Mike. But at the end of the day, back to my question, you guys, let me know what you guys think. I want answers from both of you. Is it um, bad? Is it good that these Monopoly companies are owning no. our beloved DC Comics guys? No, I, I don't think it is. But, you know, the reason why they're going to get rid of it is because it's not making any money. If it doesn't make any money, they're just going to get rid of it and they don't care. That so they're a, saying that the comic books a, are making community. no money. Yes, That's Exactly. Been. They're not, making yeah. they're not making enough money. They're making so some money, not, but they're not making enough money. So it's true what they were telling us back two years when I started going to Treasure Island Comics. The unfortunate news is true that comics have 100,000 readers in America, which I didn't want to believe. I thought yeah, it'd be closer to I half remember. a million. Yeah. With the 350 I, million Americans. It might be, what, country, 1% of America, if that, to be honest? Yeah, no. I mean, and, then, and then what's cool about what you were saying, how, you know, these more independent publishers aren't being governed by these huge monopoly companies that own them and do. And so look at those publishers and they're still making hand over foot with all the IP that they have on your television screen with your Walking Dead, your Umbrella Academy, your The Boys. You have all those ones that are making that are, you know, Undiscovered Country is going to be a TV sh series or a movie. And dude, I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then how do you go about fixing it? No idea. You can't fix it, though, because the thing is, these big companies, monopolies, they have agenda of their own. They have they invest the money, so they control the direction. If they don't want comics, they literally will cut the comics. Like <laughs> They know where the money's at. It's movies. I mean, even at a time like this, I mean, not to go into the direction, but these movies, obviously, they can't expect all the money in the theaters but they're going to find different ways of the theaters the hbo max platform now the disney plus but comics in itself i mean what mike said they just don't care if it ain't making money they don't care about the history of comics they don't care about you know the tradition all the stuff that's gone into it it's kind of like sorry guys you know it's so so how about this? How about if you want to have a big event, don't have 18 different tie-ins that are even more money than what you normally charge? How about you go back, you scale back down and you go to what the price is. I, I started like with 299, not the 399, and just because it's like a you know what, six more pages, you're going to charge me 599 and all these big events, like keep it to like a 12 issue maxi series. Don't give me a 7 or 8 issue mini series, but then you're going to give me 10 to 15 other tie-ins, like bro, like people aren't going to want to get into that so what you, you might want to so the comic book fans that you might have lost over the last 10 20 years bring them back with something brand new you know maybe this future state brings in a couple new fans but dude you got to scale back that price yes you'll be making less on the you know, less on the dollar per book but you may be getting more and more people to come in back into comics and buying more books so i i don't know what about that future state i know you mentioned in pre-production that you kind of wanted to talk about it 
I mean, um, yeah. I mean, what, I mean, the only thing that I was going to say is that one of the specific books, like the new Wonder Woman, uh, Yara Floor, she's going to be like the new Wonder Woman. Like, of course, you know, Diana is still going to be there, but she's already in the works at CW, um, a TV series about Wonder Girl. So it's based on it's, she's not even released yet in Future State. Yeah, Yara Floor, she's going to be the first Latin American female, like big superhero in at least DC Comics. And I think that's pretty awesome. A show what? already in the works, and your book doesn't even come out for another month and a half. It's crazy. And that's exactly what uh, I was going to bring up. They already have a show coming out for it. And I was actually asking you in pre-production, like, how serious are they kind of taking these stories with these, you know, new characters? Is it kind of like just a temporary time? Are they actually going to kind of invest stories into them, like stories that they plan on continuing? And the fact that they're having a show already on it for CW – there's obviously mm-hmm. some seriousness, so I think it's obviously uh, a very good thing. I believe it was the writer of the book. She tweeted that you know she's really excited about the news coming from this Yara Floor and to expect big things for from her in 2021 as far as the comic book. So yes, there probably will be a handful of these stories that the characters may get future stories that may or may not uh, delve into the continuity. But you know, I you know I don't know. But I mean, is there? Is there other books, I mean, other news that you guys want to hit or do you guys want to stay on this? Like, Mark, did you have anything else you want to bring up as far as what we've been talking about? Yeah, I do want to bring some stuff up. A couple things that kind of grinds my gears, man. But uh, first of all, uh, Batman, you guys talk about how people don't want or people don't want the books or the books are played out and it's all going towards this new age worth of stuff. But we have here. The first Batman comic book sells for 1.5 million, guys. 1.5 million large. It's a graded seven. This is coming out of the HollywoodReporter.com. A copy of the very first appearance of Batman has sold at an auction for 1.5 million, Michael, becoming Wait. the most expensive comic book starring The Dark Knight ever sold prior to the Thursday sale, the highest price ever achieved. By the 1939s, Detective Comics 27 was about 1.1 million 10 years ago when another auction from Heritage. This copy Damn, so was sold. A 7.0? That's amazing to have a 7.0 graded copy from, of that book from 1939. Almost Hell. 100 years. It was sold. That's it was unrestored, but nonetheless graded 7.0 in terms of quality by certified guaranteed company CGC out of, say it, Mike. Sarasota, Florida, baby boy. Becoming one of the only two 7.0 copies in the world. Only five other unrestored comics have other graded higher in CGC's history, making the issue particularly noteworthy even before its record-breaking sale. So we say that uh, comics are dead. I believe they're not. I just think that as I've been texting you guys, I think that tech is making us dumb. Uh, Digital comics, pretty soon. But that doesn't mean that... they, they want digital comics, so then all you have to do is press a button, and then you get it read to you like audiobooks. People have always been drawn more to the Marvel movies. People have always been drawn more to the big screen. Why? Because they're being shown it, not read it, not, you know, you know why? why it's so much easier these days to go on YouTube and get the information just read to you or told to you by a click of a button, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I mean – I, like, I, I I mean, I think that sometimes tech is making us use our brains less. We're not reading as much. We're not memorizing phone numbers. We're not, you know, it's just so many things. We just audiobooks, read it to me. Siri, you know, 
to, okay. to read it to me. Um, I don't need to memorize phone. How many how many phone numbers do you guys memorize? I probably know a handful. I still know Sean's. <laughs> I still know. I still Classic. know. I still know Alex's. I still know my wife's. You know, but uh, yeah. tell me, I, I used to memorize all my boys' numbers back in the day, and yeah, now it's true. just text kind of making us dumb. And I hope that's not the reason why companies like DC have rumors about wanting to shut down their comic book business because people are too dumb to want to read or you know we love it so what makes you think that that guy that bought the comic what makes you think he's a comic book reader you say comics isn't dead but that's but that's just part of that market you know just like that mcfarland guy who bought all those baseballs the mark mcguire home run balls part of that 30 for 30 you know one doesn't mean he's a an avid he was a former baseball player hall of famer he just is in that market and he has the freaking extra dollar bills yeah and times change and obviously you if a guy's paying that type of coin for a you know, if he's the if he's the comic bookie, if he's handicapping his comics and knowing that he can probably get something later on, which is going to be worth more. I mean, you, uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't know the markets for comics, but you're buying something for what? One point five million. I'd have to say that uh, it, you obviously love it or you're hoping that you're going to turn a profit or maybe he's banking on D.C. to have some type of shutdown. I don't know, but. What you think it's gonna go for two million later on in life? I'd say possibly, because everything always goes higher and higher. But mm-hmm. he's obviously, yeah. But you don't know. You can't judge him. This could be a guy that's reading the new Tynion story and you know loving it as well, you know. But and just has yeah. money to buy it. Yeah. Uh, unless you're really just a collector or something. But at the end of the day, it just sucks that an industry that we love and is close to our heart is just not in shambles, but I don't think DC personally is going to shut its doors on comics. I think that the market is still there. Obviously you're releasing how many stories that are bi-weekly. I I mean, I don't even think Marvel's releasing stuff besides that X-Men Hickman stuff that's weekly or bi-weekly. But I mean, I I don't see comic, I don't see DC doing anything. I think this is just a, he he say she say but uh we'll see man june 2021 20, I, <laughs> I hope i hope so so uh, a couple quick hitters before i want i kind of want to discuss one big story but um project 007 from the hitman developer announces a new game so a brand new 007 game is in the works right now um let's see hbo max batman the batman spinoff about the you know the gotham pd it loses their showrunner due to creative differences so that kind of sucks i don't know if that's going to throw off the timeline as far as the movie coming out and the show wanting to start before then because it's set in year one um Darkwing Duck. I don't know if you guys watched Darkwing Duck as a yes. kid, but they're, they're, it's getting a reboot for Disney Plus, so that's pretty cool. Also in the works for Disney, Lilo and Stitch, a live action. I actually have probably only seen that movie one time, but it's good, so it'll be interesting to see how they do that and how they CGI Stitch. Um, and here's the big news uh, that I wanted to discuss. Wonder Woman 84 is headed to theaters slash yes. HBO Max on December 25th. So it's only going to be on HBO Max for the first 30 days. So day 1 through 30, it's on HBO Max. Day 31 through 60, it's strictly in theaters. And then day 61, it goes to like a, you know, you can buy it on Blu-ray or DVD or, you know, rent it on your, you know, uh, 
you know, like Fandango now or whatever those apps are that you can just rent movies and stuff. So pretty cool. So if you're an HBO subscriber, it is no extra cost to you, unlike the 20 or $30 that Disney charged for Mulan. So yeah, Wonder Woman 84, we're still getting a huge blockbuster movie in 2020, guys. Perfect time. And I think uh, they definitely strategically thought this one out. Obviously, Christmas time, COVID's hitting extra hard. A lot of people are going to be home. Even with the theaters open, I mean, theaters not even in every area are open. So you might as well just take advantage of it, of having it go out in theaters and also HBO Max. And for no extra charge, I mean, the strategy behind that, you're going to get people like, hey, you know what, let's get an HBO subscription. We can get the, you know, the show. We can watch all these other things, all this other material, all these different things that they're going to have coming out. So I think it's a great idea. I mean, us especially, we've been talking about this for how long now? When's it going to come out? When's it going to come out? What was it, Mark, those Dorito bags that had the promotion of it coming out? like <laughs> Those D <so>. bags? <laughs> you know? I still so, see the promotions. You know, so I mean, it's finally here. So I know we're happy. And this is literally the big, big movie that finally has a release date. So I just want to see the snowball effect of how it's going to impact your Black Widows and all the really just all movies going forward. Because I think it's fair to say, even if they come out in theaters, that's not going to be their money maker at this point. That's a that's a good thing to say, actually, though, Sean. I mean, if you're saying that this is you're saying that, I mean, I could kind of agree that this is pretty much the biggest release since COVID, right? It is the biggest we've been waiting for. I mean, I what makes had... it the biggest? What makes it? DC wants to cut down their their comic books. What makes this the biggest release in movies, in motion we've pictures been, in general? Why? We've been well. First of all, we've been waiting over a year, not just this summer, but the original release date <laughs> was like year, July of 2019. Is it so, just the anticipation? Yes, it's and then not, we haven't, and have we haven't gotten a the... movie like this. We haven't like screw Mulan. Come on, Wonder Woman 84, that shits on Mulan as far as the anticipation is concerned because Mulan already had a bad taste in everyone's mouth going into it because they already know that they were going to get rid of all the music and there was no freaking Mushu. So you have Wonder Woman 84. You've had uh, two trailers come out right now. You've already seen uh, Kristen Wiig as Cheetah, CGI Cheetah. Oh, my God. I can't freaking wait. If it was in theaters, I'd go see it in theaters. you can't. and now it knowing theaters, but you live in California with Governor Gav Grusom. Okay. So you're not. <laughs> okay. Uh, understood. If there's drive-throughs, and I, hey, hell, I may go to a drive-through or I mean a, a drive-in. Um, but dude, it's on HBO Max for 30 days. I'm gonna watch that damn thing 30 times. Like Jesus. I can't. I, I know. I got surround sound too. I'm down to watch it at the house. And, if, and I heard this on another podcast. If they were smart, they would do this. If they release it, they should they should add a little teaser at the end. You know how Marvel always did their teasers. They should add a teaser that gets you hard as hell for Justice League coming out in 2021. Because HBO Max coming out, it's gonna be it's gonna be all good. Uh, Justice League, he, they already released. He has 150 new minutes of extra unseen footage. You have you know Snyder the re- cut. The Snyder Cut, you have the the Green Lantern um, show that's going to be coming out, too, hopefully next year. You, Dude, HBO Max. And HBO Max had to do it, I think, because they got an unprecedented amount of subscribers. They got more subscribers than they were anticipating in their first you know, couple months of being um, you know, available. So I think they had to make a smart play. And maybe that kind of – But and then you have to ask yourself, does it pressure uh, Disney to release Black Widow on the same day? Because Disney's already releasing on the same day on on December 25th, uh, Soul. 
is the next Pixar movie. That movie is already getting released on Disney Plus on on Christmas Day. So do they say, hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and compete with Wonder Woman, and we're going to go ahead and give you Black Widow as well. Or are they still going to hold hard to a theater release sometime in 2021? Because with 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 how it's going down now, whatever you feel, if you're on the left or right about this thing, about the whole COVID thing, we can't do anything about shutdowns and, and things opening and not opening. So Disney has to make some decisions too. Well, I think what you said is the best thing about DC is they have all these different things coming out, and they need it. You have all these new subscribers, and just material-wise in general, I mean, we're so fond of all their comics. And just recently, movie-wise, I mean, other than Aquaman, which, you know, was cool, they haven't had, obviously, the movie success lately that Marvel's had. So, I mean, this is the movie right now. You know, Wonder Woman, obviously, number one was good, too. Not going to take anything away from that because I liked it a lot. But yeah, Wonder Woman 2 is the movie we're all waiting for right now. And then exactly, follow it up with the Snyder Cut, follow up with all these different things, the filming of the new Batman. So it's kind of like the chain reaction. Now it's you know the DC time to shine a little bit. Because literally we had, I don't know how many years, it was just Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Yeah. I mean, and I think us, we like both. So it's like, hey, hopefully they do have but- Black Widow come out. Another movie to watch. Yeah, but DC is cool on TV. Like you hold have the whole Berlantiverse with Arrow, oh, Flash, for sure. yeah, all that's all that's good. And then you have the DC Universe slash now HBO Max. You have Doom Patrol, which is good. Which Titans is, is good. Swamp Thing, even though it got freaking the oust ousted, that one was good. Mark, I just recently watched the first two episodes that Harley Quinn cartoon show on on um, HBO Max, dude. That's raunchy as hell. It's violent. HQ it's got- Harley. Dude, it's a good show. You should you should watch that. Don't watch it with your daughter. Wait till she goes to sleep. But it's a really good show too. So this is I mean, the best time for them to capitalize. I'm excited. Man. I'm excited. I'm excited. So um, so that's coming out December 25th. And finally, Sean, first three episodes have been released of The Mandalorian episode four tomorrow. Um, what you so what do you think so far? Um, I think the first episode was kind of slowish, even though um, you know. They fought some sand dragon thing and worm (laughs) dragon. (laughs) Yeah. And then they and then it was like a scene out of aliens in episode two with all those things chased them in the cave. That was pretty freaky. And then you have, you know, Bo-Katan and the other Mandalorians that he sees. But but they aren't, you know, Mandalorians that believe, you know, believe in what he believes in. He is more old school when it comes to Mandalorian life. And finally, we're going to see you see. uh ahsoka finally in, in episode four so we've been waiting for rosario dawson's character to finally appear now they mentioned her name we don't know if this, she's going to appear in episode four but so far mandalorian season two i give it a solid b solid b so far and that's a good thing because we have so many things to look forward to and i know that b's going to turn to an a immediately the two big things obviously ahsoka which obviously goes to clone wars and her character so i'm very excited to see the impact she's going to play and obviously taking uh young baby yoda to the jedis i want to see who are the jedis like you know just yeah. that whole, uh aspect of it we're all excited for that because that's where we're used to the jedis and that all the movies so yeah. yes definitely a good beef right now i agree Yep, definitely. So uh, that ends it for the kind of comic book uh, – for the news of the week for the comic book side, and that ends episode 89. So, fellas, another great week. Unfortunately, we won't be here next week for episode 90. We'll have to – everyone's going to have to wait until the month of December. But take it away, fellas. It was glad to be on the mic with you guys. A fun episode 89, guys. Uh, as Mike said, we are not going to be on next week. 
but hopefully you guys have time to listen to episode 89, Colliding the World of Sports and Comics. Yeah, guys, obviously, we're very, very happy to be doing what we're doing. Hopefully, you guys are taking the time to listen to us, keep engaging with us through the social media. This upcoming holidays, man, Thanksgiving, stay safe, eat a lot of turkey, be fat, watch football, spend time with family, and most importantly, be safe, guys. I know people have different opinions on the COVID thing, but the biggest thing is just be safe, hang out with your inner circle, and just don't be out there wild and out being stupid. Enjoy. Past 10 o'clock. <laughs> right? Only in a couple states, a couple counties that are purple. But like Sean said, make sure you eat some turkey. It'll put you to sleep after. Get those wagers in for football. Uh, like I said, on Turkey Day, watch out. Uh, Baltimore Ravens might be coming in there and uh, making uh, Mr. Roethlisberger 10-1 instead of 11-0. So uh, don't quote me on that yet, but you'll hear on the next episode if I was wrong or right. Nonetheless, uh, you guys are going to have time to listen to our podcasts, which gives you guys a little bit more time to check us out on all our social media at the comicbookies.com, at the comicbookies at gmail.com, at the comicbookies on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find us on Facebook. Once again, shout out to our sponsor, Treasure Island Comics, who is always giving us the best opportunities to give us the best chances to read and review these books. Thank you, uh, Antarctic Press. Thank you for your cocaine nights. And uh, everybody, check them out and all the other great books that we got going forward. Yes, everybody be safe. Enjoy your Thanksgiving and Comic Bookies a Podcast. We love y'all. Thank you, guys, uh, and stay tuned for our YouTube page. We're going to be having a special Thanksgiving tribute video featuring all three of the comic bookies. So for Mark, for Sean, this is Mike. This has been the Comic Bookies podcast. Enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy the tryptophan-filled turkey. Peace out. Happy Thanksgiving. Peace. Always enjoy each other. And don't forget, if your governor tries to tell you you can only have 12 people at your house but wants to eat at the French Laundry with no mask, hey, it's a free country. This is America. You decide what's good for you, your family, and grandma. So keep everybody safe and uh, get fat. Eat that turkey. Let's go. TCB. TCB.